Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I am your host, Kim Bilotto, and today we have a very special guest, Blake Scott with Scott Energy Technology. But first, before we get to Blake, it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and associate editor for Shale Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, thanks for having me. We have got some exciting things happening in oil and gas and I really feel uh, as we're starting to see some movement, uh, uptick in oil and gas, I think 2018 is going to be a, a pretty, hopefully a pretty decent year to stabilize and to see some, some movement. Uh, and the reason why I, I, I bring that up is because the Baker Hughes rig count went up a little bit. Uh, they went up by nine last week. Um, and so, you know, nine is a good number. We'll take nine. Um, but what does that mean? Or is it just statistical noise in the system? Yeah. So it, it did rise uh, by nine nine rigs last week. And that basically just made up for the nine rigs that were lost the previous week. And it's a good sign. To me, it's a good sign. It's a sign of stability. It's just a continuation of what we've had going for the last four months, where the rig count leveled off in the 950 to 960 range. It has fallen off slightly, you know, uh, down to around 900. But basically, we've had four months of a pretty stable rig count and pretty stable level of drilling in this country. And uh, and we've had extremely low level of price volatility during all that time, too. And so all this stability is, is just kind of uh, giving the industry a chance to catch its breath after two and a half years of massive uh, instability in the markets. And, and I just think that's a good sign that, you know, with the OPEC deal in place to limit exports, uh, a strong level of drilling in the United States, strong investments being made, and again, in offshore and international projects by the larger companies, it's just a sign of relative strength in this industry that, uh, you know, we had kind of lost there for a couple of years. Right. Well, you know, you brought up Saudi Arabia, and I, I wanted to bring up also that because there's been some upheaval happening there recently uh, with King Solomon's uh, heir-in-waiting, Mohammed bin Salman, rounding up a large number of high-profile people. And so they're trying, I guess, clean up this corruption going on in the kingdom. But does this or will this have any impact on oil markets and on uh, world price oil? Tell me a little bit about what you think, what's going on in Saudi Arabia. Very interesting yeah, stuff. It, it is. It's very interesting. And, and people are having a hard time figuring out if this really is an anti-corruption crusade uh, by the prince or uh, more of a deal where he's rounding up his political enemies and trying to consolidate power. Uh, King Salman uh, is rumored to have uh, some senility and dementia issues going on and may abdicate the throne sometime soon. And and Mohammed bin Salman, who is the king's nephew, is the heir in waiting. And I think everyone kind of accepts that. Uh, But, you know, as with any situation like this with a royal family, 
there are other family members who might think they should uh, become the new king when the old king either resigns or passes away. And so uh, it looks to a lot of people um, as if Mohammed bin Salman is actually consolidating power uh, in anticipation of the throne, the throne becoming vacant soon. Uh, and yes, this, this does cause significant concern in the markets. Uh, Saudi Arabia provides 10% of the global supply of crude oil on a daily basis, and they have a lot of additional capacity that they're not producing right now. They could, could supply 12, 13% of it if they wanted to. And so uh, anytime you have instability in Saudi Arabia, uh, that creates a certain level of uh, what I call the fear premium in oil prices, where we've seen, I think, a lot of this recent, you know, very significant increase in the oil price from around 48 to 56, 57 uh, at its peak has been due to all this uncertainty going on in Saudi Arabia. And uh, so we have a little bit of a fear premium there. And then you also have the situation where the Saudis have these growing conflicts uh, with Iran, with Yemen, with Lebanon, uh, that many people are concerned might grow into outright shooting war sometime soon. And if that were to happen, you would have a very significant jump in the price of oil just due to fear over whether or not you're going to continue to have all that supply coming through the Persian Gulf. So this is a big thing. It's a big deal to the oil markets, and it's going to create some level of volatility in the oil price until things settle down over there. Either things settle down or they don't. Hopefully they do, uh, because we have a pretty strong situation in the market right now anyway. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, it's just kind of strange. I would imagine any time you know, Saudi Arabia is involved. This is just so unusual to be seeing them rounding up people and arresting them uh, for their wrongdoing and corruption. Mm, the United States might pay attention. Maybe, maybe we want to start that as well. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, U.S. crude oil uh, and storage continues to decline as well, right? The last couple of weeks, it's yeah. it's gone down. The report from uh, the International Energy Administration stated that floating storage, which is the crude oil that's kept stored on the ships out at sea, have also fallen significantly in recent weeks. So is this another positive sign for oil prices? It's very positive. And, and, and it's, you know, that that to me is really significant. I mean, the, the inventories and storage here in the United States on land uh, and in other parts of the world on land in tanks you know, crude oil storage uh, on, on land have been declining for a couple of months. But we've continued to see this very high level of, of storage at sea uh, just continuing to remain at very high levels uh, during that time. So this IEA report that suddenly the floating storage has begun to fall off dramatically, yeah, that's a very strong sign now that the market is rebalanced. And, and that's going to continue or keep a, an upwards pressure on the price going forward as long as that continues to happen. Uh, and it's one of the big signals that, that tr day traders look at in, in determining, you know, whether the price is going up and down. So that, that's a really good sign. And there's a lot of uh, positive signs, you know, uh, just generally uh, for oil and gas or, or for the oil markets in particular that I think are going to keep prices fairly strong going into 2018 and you know that's going to in turn mean that these companies drilling 
wells here in the United States are going to put in pretty strong drilling budgets for this year. And, uh, you know, a lot of job and a lot of, lot of money coming, coming out of the industry, which is good. Have you seen anybody's budget yet released for the next year to see, you know, where, is there a good increase in there or how are those no, budgets we, looking? And we won't see that until December, until late December. Um, but you can just see that, I mean, anytime you have strong prices like this uh, and the indicators in the market are that the price is going to remain strong and maybe even continue going upwards, uh, depending on what happens in the Middle East, uh, you can just, I mean, you can bet that uh, the budgets for drilling are going to be pretty strong the first half of next year. And the other other thing, too, is is that, you know, companies... A lot of companies have resolved or, or really reduced their debt loads, so they, they're not having the same kind of debt overhangs that they had two years ago, and, and that's you know that's very helpful too. Very good. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this week. We look forward to next week when you come back on and give us an update on what's going on in the oil and gas world. Until then. I look forward to it. Well, thanks again, David, for being a guest on today's show and talking to us about energy and policy. When we return from break, our next guest will be Blake Scott with Scott Energy Technology. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. 
offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bolato. We have a great guest today, Blake Scott with Scott Energy Technology. So, Blake, tell me a little bit about Scott Energy Technologies, and how did you get started with your company? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Kim. I appreciate the uh, time to speak with you. We started uh, as a family business, and still our family business, uh, in 1994. And uh, when we initially began, we were treating saltwater spills, hydrocarbon spills, um, doing somewhat just general roustabout work. And as we um, grew and began to do more more jobs, we realized that on some level, what we were doing was was waiting on an accident or a spill to occur. Uh, not in all cases; some cases it was historic spills. But uh, we wanted to see if there was something that uh, we could look at that would be uh, a little bit more uh, steady or predictable. And so. As we looked at the market and, and learned more about uh, the oil and gas business, one of the things that we realized was um, that the, the largest solid waste stream that was generated by the oil and gas industry was drill cuttings. And so we began to deal with drill cuttings in the traditional manner um, in which they've been, been dealt with over the years and, and still are being used. Um, as we did that, we realized that uh, we would like to see if there was a more sustainable way to deal with drill cuttings uh, for the future. So we began to investigate different technologies and uh, wound up settling on a technology that we thought uh, was the most beneficial, but then we began to research that technology and realized that by um, treating the material, meaning the cuttings properly, um, and changing the technology somewhat, we would uh, we could recycle the cuttings to create load-bearing structures. So in other words, what we have wound up doing and are still doing today is managing drilled cuttings by being able to recycle them to build lease roads, drilling pads, or, or other load-bearing structures like compressors, compressor stations and things of that nature. Well, and, and I want to get into, for an, a better understanding, so when the oil and gas companies out at the pad sites, they are, uh, you know, trying to uh, retrieve uh, crude oil, there is, of course, uh, some products that, are, that come out of that, and that is uh, the problem usually for a lot of the environmentalists, is what do we do with the waste, if you will, the solid waste that's coming out of it? And it is 
had and has been a concern. So talk to me, give me a little bit of an overview of what was that solid drilling waste and what was the concern uh, from the environmental standpoint? Absolutely, Kim. Before I do that, I would like to say one thing regarding you know environmental issues in general. Um, it doesn't matter what industry you're dealing with. There is always some type of waste that uh, is generated. That is so and, true. And, you know, technology uh, winds up addressing those, and that's basically what we do here. But it, it, it doesn't matter, once again, what it is. It, you know, for the battery uh, technology that's coming online, lithium-ion batteries, lithium has to be mined, and you have tailings that have to be dealt with. So my point being, it doesn't matter what what's out there. Something uh, is always created that is a waste product, and it's up to... Uh, technological innovators to uh, try and address those those wastes to see if there's some some value that can be gained out of it. Makes sense. And so these solid waste cuttings that are coming off, or, or the drilling uh, solid drilling waste that's coming uh, out of retrieving the oil and gas, has been somewhat of a concern because well, what do we do with this uh, waste product? And so um, there's been a lot of concern from the EPA and from environmental groups. Well. And, and some of the things that your company is doing is is actually modifying and recycling this so we have less of that. Because the truth of the matter is we cannot uh, live without oil and gas and crude and energy. You, you, you don't know what life is like without, uh, unless you're prepared to go live, you know, in a field with a fire, with, you know, creating fire just by basically rubbing sticks together and, and living off the land is pretty much where we would be without oil and gas. So it's a, it's, an, it's a commodity that we need to live and survive. And so these products are necessary and your product is a solution to some of that. So let's talk about, you know, the, the, we know the concern. What is uh, the regulation on uh, solid drilling waste currently? If you don't mind, Kim, I'll, I'll try to go back and, first of all, define what drill cuttings are, if that would be beneficial to to your audience. Um, you know, drill cuttings are, are rock cuttings and fluids that are produced when you drill a, drill a well. And uh, when you talk about what's in that material, basically it can be broken down into some broad categories, and those are salts, metals, hydrocarbons. Um, you have to also be concerned about pH, and then, you know, you can get into specific types of of hydrocarbons of concern. As a, as a way to try to understand the volumes that uh, we're talking about, the American Petroleum Institute has stated that 1.21 barrels of drilling waste are generated for every foot drilled in the United States. If you take the footage that was drilled in 2014, in the United States onshore, that that works out to approximately 392 million barrels of drilling waste. From our experience, about 50% of that is solid drilling waste, and that's the rock cuttings and the fluid that you can't get off of the cuttings. By converting that to tons, basically there would be about 50 million tons of drilling waste, solid drilling waste or drill cuttings that was generated in 2014. By comparison, just so that you can see where the industry sits as far as tons generated, in 2005, the American Coal Ash Association has stated that 71 million tons of fly ash was produced in the U.S. So that gives you some comparison about 
the volumes, the, the tonnages that are being generated uh, onshore in the U.S. each year. And it, it's a large volume that clearly um, needs to be mitigated, managed, and dealt with, uh, you know, in, in the best ways that reduce uh, concerns for human health and the environment. Very interesting. However, we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to and the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Blake Scott with Scott Energy Technology. I wanted to start off the segment by asking you, how is the government EPA regulating um, the disposal or, you know, getting rid of the drilling waste? Well, from a federal perspective, in 1976, the, uh, the EPA enacted the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, and basically that manages solid waste across the U.S., and I mean things from municipal solid waste all the way to other types of solid waste that are being generated. Because oil and gas is not the only industry that produces waste, so. That's exactly exactly right. What the EPA did was they exempted a certain uh, set of wastes in oil and gas from hazardous waste consideration. And when they did that, basically, that meant that each state had primacy over dealing with um, solid drilling waste. So you can imagine that uh, since each state has has primacy over that, then there's there's differences in the way that the waste is managed from state to state. In other words, um, you have some states that allow you to spread drilling waste on county roads. Um, of course, with with the county commissioner approval, um, you have other states that don't allow that. You have um, some states that really encourage um, off-site disposal, such as at a landfill. You have some states that, when they look at landfills, they are landfills that are managed by uh, agencies as though it was an industrial waste or a municipal solid waste and has to meet certain criteria. You have other states that have specific oil and gas sites that really don't have to meet the same criteria as a municipal solid waste landfill. So in other words, there is a a varied approach um, within each state, but there's also varied approaches and rules that have to be met uh, from state to state. So it's a a variable situation uh, depending upon where you are. And the interesting thing about that is with 
now uh, technology coming uh, online for the oil and gas operators, specifically uh, now that they are drilling in the United States in these shell plays, um, and they're all over the United States in different areas. I wouldn't say all over, but they're in different areas of the United States. Uh, there are going to be different ways, depending on where they are, that they have to find a way of dealing with their waste products from each rig site, depending on what state they're in. I want to ask you a little bit about what are they using in the way of solid drilling waste, of how do they manage this product? Sure. The, the traditional ways are on-site burial at the, at the uh, well in which the cuttings were generated, uh, soil farming or land spreading, uh, there's a subtle difference there, depending upon uh, where you are. Some states uh, encourage that, some states do not, some states allow it, some states don't. Um, and that basically is trying to find a, an area close by to, to spread the material out over the over a, a property. Um, and then road application, which usually involves spreading the material uh, down a county road uh, with county commissioner approval. And then landfilling, in other words, taking it to uh, to an off-site commercial landfill. So if you look at those uh, traditional methods, there are, once again, as we were speaking about earlier, various end-result closure criteria by each state for each one of those methods. In other words, if you go back to what I was also saying earlier about what's in the in the waste, uh, some states look at... Um, at the hydrocarbons and what's in the material, and some states don't, uh, depending upon the method and, and how it's buried or how it's managed, rather. Uh, some states look at uh, the metals, and some states don't, once again, depending upon the method. So there there are uh, several methods that are traditional ways of dealing with the waste, and, and each of those vary, once again, in closure criteria and in each state. Well, you know, uh, Any time that we can find a method, and it doesn't matter if it's oil and gas or if it's, uh, you know, trimming trees, the best technology uh, available to allow a recycling, if you will, of products is, is usually probably the best thing for uh, the environment as well as, um, you know, satisfying the EPA and, of course, the end user, the consumer. And I know that in Texas, um, when we were at the height of uh, the boom in Eagle Ford and uh Currently, you have uh, the Permian Basin that is still extremely active. Uh, so is Eagle Ford. You know, you have uh, a lot of trucks on the road. And, and if you have operators that are removing this and taking it to uh, a, a, a site, it might not necessarily be uh, something that would be maybe the best method. It might be right now economical for them to do, but probably isn't necessarily uh, one of the best ways of doing that. And with that, Blake, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com, or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. 
Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. We have a great guest today, Blake Scott with Scott Energy Technology. You know, Blake, I did want to change gears a little bit. Tell me a little bit about Scott's patent technology that differs from different traditional methods right now. Sure. The, um, one, of the, one of the ways that we came up with this, and one of the reasons why we did is the EPA and each state have adopted something called the Waste Management Hierarchy. And if you look at that hierarchy from most preferred to least preferred, you start out with source reduction and then recycling, then energy recovery, and then the least preferred method uh, or waste management approach being treatment and disposal. Um, so having said that, what we, the technology that we uh, looked at was uh, stabilization and solidification. That's basically taking a material and both uh, through the use of chemical changes as well as physical changes, treating the waste and being able to lock the contaminants up, once again, both chemically and physically. What we found is that if we treated the waste um, properly, we could create something uh, that's a load-bearing structure, as I was referring to earlier, that can support the kinds of loads and traffic that's put on it in the oil field. The, the wonderful thing about that is, is that the material is, you're creating your own material as you're drilling for your next construction activity. And that way, it's a true recycling approach if it's dealt with properly. Clearly, as with anything, you have people who, who are involved in sham recycling. The difference between um, those approaches and ours from a recycling perspective is that we're not tremendously increasing the volume of the material or we're not doing something just to be able to get rid of the material. There's actual usage uh, by the oil company that generated the material to go build their next pad and lease road. The benefit of that is not only the environmental aspect, but what we find is that oftentimes we are cheaper than hauling the material off-site for disposal. Clearly, if somebody's just burying waste without doing any type of closure criteria testing, that that's uh, probably, I would say, the, the cheapest, most down and dirty way of looking at something. But for those operators that uh, are in areas where they're hauling the waste off-site, we, we traditionally or, or typically are more cost-effective than that approach. Well, I would also think, though, that you know any opportunity that um, operators get and most of the publicly traded operators, while price is definitely a concern right now because you know uh, the price of crude is pretty low. Uh, efficiency right now is the name of the game. But any time that you can put together technology that really is going to do something, uh, one that saves them funds, but also is really a better alternative. Uh, looking at the environment because you can basically recycle it and reuse it in different ways to help for the next pad site. 
um, is is usually probably a better way of going. And I also want to just, you know, disclose that all of this stuff that is happening is at a uh, pad site or a well site in which that, you know, the average person does not necessarily have access to. So uh, everything is being done in a uh, safety in a safe way to which uh, is protecting the uh, the community and the consumers in reference to not having access to uh, an oil site and a pad site if you will that um, doesn't allow them to have access to that um, we do have to take a quick break Scott when we return I want to get back into the technology that you developed you are listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers the largest state association in the country 87 years strong serving independence and it's right here in Texas offices in Houston Austin and Wichita Falls Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. There is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. 
Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 2407188 again 2102407188 Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs from the auto repair shop to the pump jack call us to get the right part right now here's the number so write it down Oil Field Experts 2104711923 again that's 210 210- Four seven one nineteen twenty three. Managers, bosses, supervisors. Hey, flu season is here. Don't let the flu bug bite your employees. Banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions. Your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 866-334-2485. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Blake Scott, president of Scott Energy Technologies. And, you know, uh, Blake, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the technology, the patented technology that you guys have developed to really help the energy industry be a little bit more recyclable as well as uh, on a greener way, better for the environment, and of course, meeting the EPA standards. And all of these things are, you know, really great things. Just check them off the box. This is great. Uh, cutting edge technology. I want to talk about the solutions that benefit the oil and gas operator and, and how your technology has been able to do that. The benefits, we have two processes, our firmest process and our Duro process, and both of them um, provide basically the same benefits to the operator. Uh, one of those benefits being a reduction of risk and liability. And uh, what we mean by that, the contaminants that are in the, uh, in the drilled cuttings are bound in a monolith that continues to harden over time. Uh, soil, air, water, and vegetation are protected, and the operator... Uh, knows exactly where their waste is because that waste has not been commingled with anybody else's waste. So if something's taken to uh, a commercial centralized facility, their waste is being mingled with other uh, operators' waste. So if something um, goes wrong and somebody else has taken in something that they shouldn't have, that operator then is assuming the liability of somebody else's waste. In this particular situation with us, that doesn't occur. Another uh, benefit of dealing with uh, our with our process or using our processes rather is the footprint is reduced. So if you are taking, usually we may uh, utilize material from four or five wells to go build the next drilling pad. So that means that it's as though the waste never existed because that pad was going to be built regardless. That next pad is going to be built regardless. So the footprint of the waste itself is tremendously reduced, almost negligible. And then finally, depending upon how, um, how the 
the uh, locations were being set out to begin with with the landowner. Oftentimes we find that the landowners want their uh, road, the lease roads, to also provide them access to their property for ranching or farming purposes. And since we're building structures that uh, meet certain load-bearing capacities, the, uh, the landowner usually is able to obtain a uh, piece of road or something that is beneficial for their purposes uh, in all types of weather. So there's, there's benefit from that perspective as well. What you find is our, our firmest process is usually utilized when there is another pad or lease road to be built. Um, our Duro process is typically utilized back on the same location in which the material was generated um, in case there, uh, for there not being a new like pad or road to be built somewhere nearby, but you want to place that material in an area where there's high truck traffic, say, next to a tank battery. So from that perspective, they, they provide, once again, both the same types of benefits, but for different purposes depending upon uh, what's coming up next to be drilled in the, in the given area or not to be drilled in the given area. You know, I think that one of the – so the oil and gas operators definitely benefit from this new tech – from the technology that you guys have developed. But it's also nice to hear that – this waste products that are being created uh, by going and retrieving uh, crude from the ground, they are now being, the waste product is being treated and being reused in ways of like building out uh, roads and uh, the drilling pads. And so it's kind of taking a, a bad product or a piece of trash, if you will, waste and recycling it and reusing it. And everybody is in favor of that these days. So, you know, you're not just dumping or burying a byproduct that is created of, or, or, or solid, you know, waste product being created and then having to dispose of it. Much better for the environment. Definitely a great solution. Um, and then, of course, it's, it's saving money. So amazing technology. I'm really glad that we had you on the show today, Blake, because it really does help uh, us get the word out that, it is the entrepreneurs, in my opinion, that create amazing products to help operators um, not only access the crude oil, but also do it in a safer, in a greener, and in a more recyclable and efficient way. And so thank you for being a guest on the show today. I'd like to ask you if, if we have uh, somebody who wants to get a hold of you or get some information from Scott Energy Technology, where would they contact you? They, first of all, can look at our website, which is scottenergy.com, or they can contact us by calling us at 903-663-4635. Give me that website one more time. It's www.scottenergy.com, 903-663-4635. So any, anybody who wants more information on this patented new technology pertaining to solid drilling waste, Go contact Scott and tell him that uh, in the Old Patch Radio Show sent you. Uh, Blake, thank you again for coming on the show. We look forward to having you back here in the near future to talk a little bit more about uh, what you guys are doing in your technology and how you're keeping us going in the right direction, uh, more energy efficient and, of course, greener. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for being a guest on today's show, and congratulations because you are the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer 
of this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com and win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today, we interviewed Blake Scott. The question, what is his company's name? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you'll win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the Brazilian steakhouse. And speaking of those Fogo de Chao gift certificates, I want to give a very special shout out to one of our great fans, JJ Jancic, who not only has won a $100 gift card from uh, Fogo de Chao, but is a regular listener. And so to all you listeners, I encourage you to send us an email with the correct answer. And if you have some questions that you want answered, please feel free to send them in. You never know when you'll hear your name on the radio and we'll be answering your question. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at ShellMag. That's going to wrap up another great show. We look forward to seeing you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.